This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to another episode of The Creator's Outlet, episode 147, brought to you by our friends over at the Inked Marketing Team. Inked Marketing, www.inked.marketing. Check them out for yourself. And they want to remind you that you get more with Monty Michael Moore because Loco Hero 2 launches on July the 6th. And he's already got a backup tier if you missed Loco Hero. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The one, go to inked.pub forward slash Loco Hero One to get your copy of Loco Hero One today. And don't forget, mark your calendars for Loco Hero Two launching on July the 6th. And that same night, Monty Moore will be right here on the Creator's Outlet. But now, let's welcome our friend uh, Sam Quentin back for uh, more uh, fun and goodness. Hey, man. How's it going? Good. So uh, you are you are back, and uh, there aren't any uh, small furry animals with samurai swords this time around. Uh, well, there are all kinds of other creatures with samurai and other swords. Yeah. Well, you know, we have... 47 Furious Tales coming in October, but right now, <laughs> wow, pardon me. Right now, we're live with our um, fantasy RPG inspired uh, pinup art book. <coughs> Man, that's a terrible time to get a cough. Uh, titled Dungeons and Dames. We're live on Kickstarter and showing off, you know, beautiful women of your fantasy role playing games. So um, we actually have ten different contributing artists on this. A lot of names people in the audience are going to recognize: Alexia Veldhausen. Uh, Isagul Save, who is Sinev, uh, I keep mispronouncing her name. She's uh, doing uh, the cover art for the first issue of Reign of Ages as well uh, for me. Then we've got Nick Capone, who's done a lot of RPG work for me, and he's the uh, co-creator with me on Reign of Ages. 
Um, the one and only Warren Brown. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this is going to be um, the first book uh, in print that he's actually appearing in. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, Zach Viola, who's done a lot, a lot of work for me in the past. Zach's actually produced um, over 110 illustrations for me um, since I founded uh, Sonopa, 106 of them in one book. Yeah, I mean, just tremendous, tremendous artist. Um, Lotus Blair, who's a local uh, artist here in Kentucky. Kelsey Cohen, another Kubert School graduate. Uh, just a, a murderer's row, who's who of indie artists, including the one and only Greg Harms. And uh, for those that don't know, why don't you give them a little uh, background into uh, all your RPG goodness that you've been doing over the years now? Yeah, I, I started Sinopa Publishing in 2017. Our first first few projects were open game license, 5th edition D&D um, adventure modules. So we started with uh, Tale of the Wizard's Eye. Um, which you know taught me that I didn't know anything about formatting, and I worked really hard to clean that up a lot. Uh, and then we went into the Tarot Adventures with the draw of Glenfollow, where formatting got better. The adventures became much more brutal. Uh, then Comet over Echo Rock, which was the second adventure in the Tarot uh, series. Uh, the Steel Road, which was our, our first real source book, uh, which is a, um, a book that details weapons uh, across several different areas of the world um we actually focused a lot of that on africa and then on india uh the south pacific uh, region uh korea has a, a few entries china and japan of course got some entries but we actually focused a lot on weapons that don't get a lot of attention in most fantasy uh, themes with that and then uh whispers of persephone which was my book on necromancy banned in the united arab uh, United Arab Emirates, actually, which was a weird thing to see happen. Um, very strange. But it's a uh, also called the Bloody Little Book of Necromancy uh, amongst the Kickstarter backers, which uh, basically takes your run-of-the-mill necromancer stuff and dials it up to 11. Um, focuses a lot on curses, poisons, ritual sacrifice, and murder, um, the NPCs in there are either dead heroes or sadistic serial killing necromancers. Well, then, those guys are always fun. Right. And then uh, the Snopa Omnibus, uh, which is a collection of uh, characters, short stories about them, and full stats and such. Um, the digital versions of which are being offered as add-ons uh, with um, Dungeons and & Dames. And you can also get digital copy of 47 Furious Tales Issue 1 and 2 as add-ons for that so um we kept it very very simple just three tiers a digital a print copy and a retailer tier um and then just if you want some extra entertainment add it on and we'll go ahead and send that we are fully funded 110 percent, i believe right now 112 percent, something like that yeah 112 percent. with 45 backers and still two weeks to go <coughs> yeah and our next, our, our first stretch goal is at the five thousand dollar mark, where we're sending everyone who pledges at a tier that gets a physical copy. All those folks will also get a uh, holofoil um, sticker of a, a demoness that was illustrated by Lotus Blair. Uh, she did that for a Shadowrun project that I was pitching a while back, and um, I still own the rights, of course, to that art. So we're we're 
putting it to brilliant use and studying olive oil goodness. <coughs> Sorry, pardon me. Um, and actually, you can see that in the uh, in the stretch goals as we go down. But there's some really wonderful art about these pinups. They're sexy. Uh, there's a lot of different styles to them. The artists had free reign on how they wanted to exhibit their talents. And they came up with some wild and wonderful illustrations for this. Really very proud of this book. And I learned over the weekend, because I did not want to random a guess, that uh, all the lip prints here are from Alexia Vanhausen. Yep, that's uh, that's her lipstick kiss on the book. Because uh, Warren Brown couldn't figure out a, a shade that went with his shoes, but well, I don't think it was his shoes. I think it was with the the dress we wanted to pick out for him. Oh, but, okay. But in all fairness, neither could anyone else. Alexia was the only one with the fashion sense to make it work. Well, that's same. Warren doesn't wear shoes. He wears sandals all the time. So. Uh. How do you know that? Oh, I don't know. I had to throw them away when I got out of bed one morning. <laughs> this first piece here, this is by uh, Nick Capone. He's a Kubert School graduate and is a current instructor at the Kubert School for Comic Book Art uh, in, uh, in New Jersey. Uh, absolutely brilliant artist, and he really showed off a lot of his talents uh, in this book. Each of the 10 artists contributed four illustrations. So we've got 40 just remarkable uh, pinups in, in this book. And, uh, of course, Nick really knocked it out of the park, taking kind of a, a traditional comic kind of styling out that you'd see in classic image titles back in the day. And uh, the big thing is uh, this book has free shipping within the lower 48. Well, actually, within all the United States and all the territories. Oh all the 50 and the territories. Yeah, exactly. If you if you live in the United States or in the U.S. territory, uh, you get free shipping. We actually have a really great crowd of people who support us from Puerto Rico. And so um, for the last, I guess, last two years, we make sure that all the territories are covered uh, whenever we nice. do free U.S. shipping. take a look at some more art here. Now, this one was done by Kelsey Cohen, who took a very fanciful approach to this with a lot of um, creature-themed uh, feminine illustrations. So you have this, you have a mermaid. I'm not going to spoil the other two for you. But she has that vibrant uh, anime kind of coloring to it. And this uh, dwarf wearing only an apron while she works in the forge was courtesy of Alexia Veldhausen who um, gave us a, a good rear view of the goings-on <laughs> in the forge late at night. <laughs> because when you hear something banging on an anvil, that's what you want to see when you go investigate, right? Uh, only if it's a woman. <laughs> it is, it is, I assure you. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, this this could this could be a subliminal message from Alexia, uh, saying uh buy this book or kiss my backside i think it's more more of uh, her showing off just how hard she's working she didn't even have time to get dressed yeah she you know she's thinking you know if sam asked me for one more page of the next book i'm gonna hit him with this hammer yeah that's that's pretty likely it, too it'll 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 probably be a nerf hammer because no it'll probably be a carpenter hammer <laughs> I'll probably get knocked out and scalped. 
Now, this piece was done by Paul Walcott, who's another Kubert grad, a, a dear friend of most of the uh, Kubert students I commissioned as well. Brilliant artist. He has a lot of work for Viz and several other um, uh, Japanese companies. Uh, he also did one of the variant covers for 47 Furious Tales issue two, uh, specifically the Samurai Under the Moon one. And oh, yeah. uh, I'm, I have to finish uh, talking with him about getting him to do the variant cover for uh, issue three. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to pull him in on that if his schedule allows. But, but the uh, design on that sword is amazing. Yeah, the lines on the woman are good too. I think but that's well. Yeah, but uh, when the, when there's a weapon in hand, I tend to pay attention to the to the weapon more than the person, just in case. That's probably why I've been stabbed by women more than you have. Yeah, it's a product of. of just being in the wrong place at the wrong time, I guess. Yeah. Here's our, our simple little rewards. reward tiers. Uh, Digital Dames, which is the $10 uh, PDF of the book. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty in print is the physical copy uh, for $25. Right. And the retailer tier get, uh, retailer will get uh, 10 print copies for 125 Right. Now, this next piece is uh, Aisha Golsanov. Uh, she's uh, another Kubert grad and a uh, tattoo artist in Turkey. Um, she was uh, my first choice for the cover for um, our coming new series, Reign of Ages. Um, we are not ready to reveal that yet, but when we do, I'll make sure that you're one of the first people who sees it because it is absolutely stunning, just like this piece. Hey, Phil, what's up, man? Now, what's nice about this the piece is gallery wills. if you scroll down just a little bit, just a little bit, you get the full appreciation of what we're looking for here. We're looking for that, that sexy kind of image with just enough covered up that it kind of fits those. Uh, Doris has never stabbed a man yet. <laughs> <laughs> It could happen. You never yep. know. Um, but we kind of went for that kind of, a little bit of that demure aspect you see in some of the 1950s uh, style pinups that were mm -hmm. you know, on on the uh, on the stands, uh, place to place. So we have like no exposed genitalia, no intercourse. So it's not pornographic, but very artistic. And I think uh, Aisha was a had really captured all of that kind of vibe with this piece particularly uh, it's just absolutely beautiful oh yeah and then we go into the monstrous with rebecca elizabeth coltheart um now rebecca has done uh, a lot of work for me in rpg work um over the years and she came to this one and just really really did her own thing with these monstrous uh women done in these kind of um deep rich colors in these comic uh comic stylings um I, I joke a little bit about this you know because you know the, the mermaid here is carrying a little head with her so um that's alas, just, me, just alas, me she, poor Garrick, she knew him well right me being a little childish but i, I love this piece i think it's really cool it's kind of got that that a little bit of the horror vibe to it with just that little hint of of sexiness going on that I think makes a really good pen up art. Yeah, it's uh it's it's 
you know, a little bit comic booky, uh, a little yeah. bit like uh, animated. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's 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 different in in eye catching. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and her other three pieces are are just as provocative as this one is. She really really did some cool things with it. I know this is lunchbox because he's we sneak peeked this a, a little while. Yep, back. Warren Brown out of Washington. Um, we get a lot of people asking us what the white stuff is on the end of the stick, and we keep telling people it's milk because that's what it is. Get your head out of the gutter. But his uh, a film cat monk has really caught a lot of attention uh, on our social all social media channels with people being really excited about it. Um, Warren, of course, being colorblind, um, he had asked if we wanted someone to color this, but honestly, I didn't want him to color anything because no. his his grayscale, just the way he does things, is, is really very impressive to me. I love I love the way it looks. So um, <clears throat> whereas everyone else is in color, uh, Warren is um, proudly in uh, in grayscale, just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, his uh, you know the his uh, his grayscale is uh, leaps and bounds over most people's. Yeah, and I think that that might just be because he sees everything in in various shades, you know, of that. So. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, it's kind of like you know his daredevil power. Yeah, I think that's probably a good way of putting it. it really is. He's he's done so much with the pieces he's done. Here's our little uh, demonic, uh, clad only in fire demon woman that we're going to unlock that holograph sticker on at five thousand. It should also be noted that this campaign actually benefits all of the contributors and myself equally, right? So we are uh, creating the book as a collaborative effort. Um, any excess funds, any excess copies after the print run are being equally divided between the artists and myself. And then um, with the subsequent digital sales and um, print-on-demand sales and everything, all of the artists have royalties attached um, for those on, on the platforms we're going to be using. So uh, this book is going to continue to benefit all the contributing artists going forward. And that's that's a, that's a great way to do it, too. Well, you know, the, the whole purpose of this was to bring more work to these artists because when COVID was going on, a lot of artists were finding that it was not as easy to uh, – get your work and since most of the guys i work with are doing rpgs and comic work and that slowed down quite a bit um i mean look at all the layoffs that happened with dc you know for example um during 2020 that was um that was kind of scary for everyone so being able to get some some project together that would benefit everyone i think was a good idea and i still still very big believer in it i'm really happy that we funded and looking forward to how far we can go in the next two weeks Oh yeah, and man, I'm really wishing you can hit the the 25k goal because uh, this would be great in a in a hardcover. Right, and that that's the thing we're doing. We're going first. I know a lot of people ask, why don't you just do more art right off the bat? Um, because the way the the print calculation works, if we can get to 25k at our current count um 
then what we see is that we can get the hardcover with sewn pages. So it's the highest quality <laughs> printing that we can lay hands on, <clears throat> short of having each of them handmade. Um, and then if we go, if we were to go beyond that, then certainly we could add more art um, to it. But getting the book at the highest quality was the first priority. And this little piece here was done by Zach Viola, who's again has done such tremendous work for me. <clears throat> I can't wait for everyone to see his other pieces too, because he's done so much really cool stuff uh, for this book. You're, you're going to be really amazed. Uh, <laughs> some of the images he's come up with. We wanted to show this one off though, because we had this really natural pose. <laughs> Man, I'm so sorry, Will. Okay. This really natural pose here uh, for this dwarf warrior woman um, with these, you know, red ringlets and everything. It just screamed out just pretty sexy and tough. Uh, all the things we want in our Dungeons and Dames. And th this, uh, his art on this is like so like classic looking as far as D&D mm -hmm. goes. Like uh, like the earlier, like the earlier comics yep. and, uh, you know, even, you know, the patch of land where she's got her shield, her, her handmaiden's shield stuck into and everything is, you know, something classic that you would see flipping through, you know, one of, you know, a million different, you know, it kind of reminds me of the Dragonlance comic, the yeah. original Dragonlance comic is what it kind of reminded me of, but you know, much hotter. You know, we didn't have images like that in that comic, uh, but definitely as as a pinup, I mean, there's just there's a lot of strength in this image. I mean, there really is. Yeah, I like it. Of course, I have this thing for redheads, but you know. That being said, uh, Greg Harms' uh, materials aren't on display on the page as of yet, and at, since we're halfway through the campaign, we're just gonna save it for a little surprise. I will tell you, he's done some really, really interesting pieces. Uh, the first piece they colored was his angel. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking everyone's going to really, really dig that when they see it. It's got a, kind of a heavy metal vibe to it. Oh, cool. Yeah. And here's our art team. Lois Blair, who's a local here in Kentucky. Nick Capone, our Kubert School instructor and frequent contributor um, for a lot of different titles, actually. Kelsey Cohen. Uh, Kelsey's actually done a lot of pieces, too. In fact, um, one of her pieces is uh, our top-selling poster at the moment, um, which is uh, Cersei uh, with her uh, a pig and a lion uh, standing there. Absolutely beautiful piece. Um, not only is it one of our best sellers, it's also hanging up in the uh, local school districts here in Frankfurt um, for uh, uh, just some decoration for the, the schools. So they're in, um, I think, uh, four different schools here right now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Alexia oh, Waldhausen. I, I realize I, no one here has ever heard of her. Yeah, <laughs> who, who could pronounce a Bellhausen name? Right, you know, it, it's almost like we got it right because we've said it so many times. What can be said that hasn't been said about Alexia before? Um, she's remarkably skilled 
insightful, and I swear she's not holding a gun to my head off camera. <laughs> I swear and, I'm not trying to kill you. <laughs> and, you know, for all those Amazon users out there, this is who you're talking this is who you're talking to every time you ask Alexia for something. Oh, don't do that. She's going to get mad about that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, and I'll Paul tell you Walcott, told me to say it. I'll, I'll, I'll defend myself to my dying <laughs> breath, which will be pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, Paul Walcott. Um, I hope to actually work much more with Paul. His talents are, his talents are, are remarkable. His skills are exceptional. His attention to detail is is incredible. Um, honestly, I, I enjoy working with all these people. Paul is someone who I, I really honestly look forward to working with far more in the future. Much like you know Anthony Ojeda, Kelsey, and the other people on this project. Really, <coughs> Isagul, Sanab. Uh, she's a Kubrick grad as, as well. You might see a recurring theme here. Um, she um, has been working in movies as well as is, um, I think, almost done with her apprenticeship for her tattoo artist license uh, in Turkey. Oh, cool. And um, really looking forward to showing off the cover for uh, Reign of Ages uh, issue one. Uh, it's just, I've seen the inks. And they are fantastic. It's just the only way to put it. it. It's almost like you got one Kubert school grad and then you just farmed outside of the school for the rest of them. It's kind of funny that you say that because that's really how it happened. <laughs> um, Brian Lee, who is not on this project, he's busy working on Necroholic. Or if he's watching this, he better be working on Necroholic. <laughs> But um, Brian Lee, uh, who I've known since he was a very, very young boy, uh, went to the Kubert School. Um, he used to come to my comic shop when I still owned it back in uh, 99, 2000, etc. <coughs> and um, ended up going to the Kubert School and becoming uh, just a top-notch artist. And when I started Sinopa, he clued me into the fact that you couldn't have one person doing like 40 books at the same time. It just didn't work. Because mm -hmm. if you're like me and you're not an artist, it might take you a little <laughs> while to realize just how much time illustrations like this take. I mean, they, you, some of these pieces here, you know, took 20 hours to create, you know? So you, you've got to appreciate that, not just for the compensation aspect, but also for the scheduling Right, so it became important to get other people involved, and so he um, reached out to um, Rebecca, who um, is his significant other. I think going the other way was saying that, um, like the last ten years, I think, and um, she is herself was a Kubert School student, um, and then as we worked on the projects, I was introduced to other uh, recent graduates, Nick Capone. Uh, Christian Martinez, Alexia, uh, the list goes on. Kelsey, the list, list goes on and on and on. Um, and now I'm going to feel bad because I didn't name them all. Tony Ojeda. <clears throat> but, um, <laughs> and that's kind of how it goes. And now we're picking up uh, more Kubert grads. Um, I'm looking forward to getting some work from uh, Adelia Gunderson now, who just graduated a couple of months ago, um, which was uh, uh, 
which is really good to see that we've been able to put so many people to work, you know, and that's actually been made possible by the fact that we've had really good turnouts for our crowdfunding campaigns. Um, you know, Dungeons and Dames is moving a little slow, but it is uh, a different kind of book. It's not a comic. It's not a role-playing game book. It's an art mm-hmm. book. Um, but I think it fills a nice niche where you have people who maybe they they need something in their D&D campaign, a, a seductive um, dark elf or, you know, a, um, a beautiful dwarven warrior maiden. You get the idea. I think it... it has its place definitely in the in the role playing hobby, and then of course just as a standalone art book as well. Yeah, that and it it also falls to the uh, to some of the comic fans too. Yeah. That mm-hmm. you know, you know, not all gamers read comics, but all comic fans uh, game at some point or another. You know, whether it's an RPG, uh, a video game, a board game, and there's a lot of imagination that goes into both. So, mm-hmm. you know, and they've brought back, uh, they brought back, we were talking, you're talking uh, Dragonlance with the, the other illustration, and uh, they didn't bring back Dragonlance, but they, they've just brought back the, uh, the D&D comics again. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, uh, they just brought. Uh, I think it was Boom that just brought back the uh, the MTG uh, comics line. So you, you know, know, I don't remember who did the Magic the Gathering comic. I should, uh, but I don't. Oh no this this is a this is a new uh, new one. Image did, I think, the last one co-produced it with Hasbro. Mm-hmm. And I remember that because is Boom I, doing the new one? Uh I think Boom is doing the new one. Huh. And then we have Rebecca who um really her her little bio here tells a lot. She does a lot with horror. Uh, an absolutely incredible job with horror. She has a, a couple of um webtoons that I, I invite everyone to check out. She's um really feverly into her her new series that she started um, her previous series cheap jack Dillman, is really really fun um and she's prolific she keeps producing really high quality content with amazing alacrity and she's just a joy to work with i the, the first time i saw her photo i was like oh it's wednesday adams all grown up <laughs> <laughs> well oh you've passed the cough to me i did i'm sorry it's a computer virus i guess <laughs> it must be hey, Lunchbox one round. so what can we say about one that hasn't been said already sig and joe is is great i, I mean i love that i can't wait for him to get back to it mm-hmm. um absolutely fantastic and then to get to work with him uh, on this project has been really, really, really fun for me. One thing about Warren was that um, the when I first met him, one of the first things that uh, stands out to me is that out of nowhere he sent uh, some 47 Furious Tales fan art to me and Alexia, and it was really, really gorgeous. I really cool. liked it. Um, and that's when I knew, I'm like, you know what? I think I might want to work with this guy because <laughs> this looks really good. 
Um, and just the more you talk to him, the more you see his commitment to his art uh, and how he pushes himself every single day. Yeah. You know, and literally he does. He pushes himself every day. You can see it on his Twitch channel. You can see it when he's, you know, doing little uh, interviews is probably a bad word. But when he's when he's talking to people on different shows, because everyone loves having Warren on. You kind of can tell that his focus is just dead on for honing his art and his craft. And he's doing such a fantastic job of it. Yeah, he's 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 such a nice guy to talk to and and hang out with, and uh, you know I remember uh, when we uh, when he first launched Sig and Joe, uh, we we did it on uh, one of my streams and uh, uh, the the colorist extraordinaire Phil Leon and mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and Pops and I. Uh, Along with Warren, did uh, basically did like a like a live book read of it uh, as as we went down and and did our our fun our funny voices and stuff. And I remember that night; that was a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a, we had a blast doing that. And I I had to say that because Phil's getting up in my DMs. Sure, sure, don't mention me. Ah. <laughs> The one and only Zach Viola, recent immigrant to the Republic of Texas. Um, he uh, moved down there a couple of months ago and uh, frequent uh, frequent contributor with Snoopa Publishing Books. More frequent contributor doing illustrations for the Department of Defense. Um, oh. He does a lot of video game des uh, art design. Um, the man is really incredibly multi-talented he has two full books as he's illustrated for me uh the steel road and santa Tra dragon claws presents 25 holiday themed magic items which was a christmas dnd book we did in 2018 mm -hmm. um we actually brought that to kickstarter on his kickstarter account to kind of get his feet wet in crowdfunding and when we didn't fund we fulfilled the book anyway um, we didn't ship physical uh, copies because you know we would have, you know, still been paying for that today. But we digitally fulfilled and sent proud demand codes to all the backers in that campaign that year. And so it was it was really cool to see that book go out. We had nothing but good things uh, were said about his art, <clears throat> and it was a really fun project to do when you've got you know things like enchanted teddy bears and stuff like that in your your D and D world. It was it was a really great project. Also available on Drive Through RPG under Snowball Publishing. And the, I, I like that you've got all these uh, little bios on the main page, and they've all got the the click to read more, so you can find out more about the creators of the of the art in this book. Yeah, I don't think we've got the links working right now. I'm not sure what's going on with that, but um, uh, we had as as you've probably noticed from my previous campaigns, this page looks a lot sharper more finished more polished than previous campaigns um alexia did a lot of initial design on it and then reached out to a friend of hers who's a graphic designer in europe the two of them put their heads together and then they banged this together in a in a day to take the rough look i put and they dressed it up so it actually looks like something was done by someone who you know isn't a thumbless primate like me yeah uh 
I was just checking and uh, it seems that uh, when we wrap up here, people will be able to jump over to Warren Brown's Twitch stream because he's going to be going live doing art. And he does that like, yep. like two or three times a week at least. Oh, yeah. And, I think it's at least twice a week. Definitely. Yeah. And if you haven't seen him, him, you know, on that stream before, you really should. He does such a remarkable job. And, for those of you who are watching... Please do come out, check out Dungeons and Dames. We could use your support. If you haven't read 47 Furious Tales or the Sonopa Omnibus, if you're a DD fan or a comic book fan, you can easily pick those up when you pledge. Available on digital, and we will be fulfilling um, next month uh, straight away because the, the book, we're just waiting on a couple of pieces to finish coloring, and we will be ready to go to print. Cool. Mm hmm. And uh, speaking of art, shameless plug, uh, tomorrow night around 11 p.m. Eastern, uh, I'll be live with uh, Sean Howe for the Sean Silla Art Show like we do every Wednesday night. Yeah, Sean's cool as hell. I don't know if anyone's told him that. If you have, you know, if you haven't, just keep it low key. So when you let the guy just be casually cool on his own, he's got a really great presence. And... Uh, then, then I will be. Uh, oh, sweet! That's a piece that Sean did and uh, and sent me. Because you that's know that's really tight, Joker fan. So that's that's really cool. That's really really tight. Phil's getting up here in the chat. Oh, Phil's going live with Warren and doing oh, some drawing. Are later. we going to see Phil's face again? Is he going to be dark in the dungeon and doing the illustrations? Yeah, he cool. colors in the dark. There you go. How do you, how do you color in the dark, Phil? I don't know. I'm just making stuff up as I go along. I mean, Phil, remind Warren to keep plugging away at Dungeons and Dames. He's done a really good job of that so far. He's had a, he's been a really, really big factor in helping us get this out to the to everybody. Because <laughs> I use a monitor. Doris, Phil, come on out to Dungeons and Dames too. Don't be shy, guys. We could uh, use your eyes on it, share it out to everyone. Uh, help spread the word a little bit. We've got almost 90 people that have saved this campaign who haven't pledged yet. So I'm, I'm thinking that, um, that that last day we'll probably pick up another 45, 50 pledges pretty easily. Um, but the closer we can get to those stretch goals, the happier we'll all be so we can make this the best value for everybody. Oh, yeah. Uh, and don't forget, you can get the, you can get the, the digital PDF uh, for... Ten dollars or more. Yep, just ten dollars. Uh, physical is twenty-five dollars, mm -hmm. and of course, uh, retailers can grab the retailer tier, which is uh, ten copies for one twenty-five or more. Yep, and again, that's only available in the United States. So right now, we can't really get away with shipping retailer vendor bundles anywhere outside of the U.S. in the territories. Shipping it to Canada, the VAT tax is terrible on it. Oh, yeah. yeah well, it's not called VAT, but the tax on, on that import is, is really, really something. Yeah, it's, it's just crazy. They're just going nuts with the whole thing. Yeah. 
it's uh it's a it's a shame it's like why are you you know well we need to raise taxes well uh big government sucks (laughs) (laughs) you don't need that many people to do this job (laughs) yep give us roads without holes in them and we'll talk about raising taxes yeah you know if you know especially like you know out here in new england because of like the all the seasonal changes and stuff it's like Mm -hmm. you know they'll they'll patch up the roads just enough to get us to the winter and then the first time it snows all the plow trucks rip up all the patches yeah i'll tell you i was hoping to be able to show off tarot adventures book three death comes to glenn follow but um pat still has it um going over for final edits mm-hmm. apparently i've made a mess of it more than i thought because she's <laughs> she's had it for a couple of weeks now going over it so i'm guessing i've got a lot of editorial changes to do before we send it to the printer <coughs> which is too Whoopsie. bad I was, I was hoping to have that ordered this week so i mean if if you can't get this book yet and you're a lover of all things D and and art in general, uh, make sure you're sharing it out to, uh, to all of, uh, your, your social medias and, uh, letting your friends know if you have a local game store, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they have a page, see if they'll share it out there. Uh, more importantly, uh, see if they'll order it. <laughs> yep. And the same thing for any of the comics or role-playing game books that we put out. If you want to support indie indie creators, small creators like me who has what was once a bedroom in my two-bedroom apartment is now my my Sonopa office. (laughs) And um, this is where all the magic happens, you know, where we are currently packed almost to capacity. I had to move my camera because the the space behind me is such a mess right now with boxes stacked up in it that I didn't want anyone to see it. Yeah, you know, Sam just sleeps on extra, like, Gemini mailers. I actually, I sleep uh, in my living room on a futon uh, and have for a couple of years now because I've just got comics and role-playing game stuff to make. Comfort be damned. I've got work to do, you know? You you just want to live that Kubert school life, right? No, I can't draw with a damn. I, I kind of wanted to... I, I just meant sleeping on a futon. Oh, yeah, well, maybe. That, that, that's, that sounds about... That sounds about college life, yeah. I'm gonna have to figure out something. I mean, if I ever decide to start dating again, I'll probably have to, you know, stop that and get a bigger place, I guess. But you know, right now it works. But um, I'll tell you, sometimes carrying a whole pallet of comics one box at a time up two flights of stairs gets a little tiring. Oh man. That just brings back like bad memories. I, I was a, a store manager for this place, uh, long long before uh, long before my coma, and uh, it was it, they owned the building, but downstairs was like, you know, a personal garage for the owner, mm-hmm. and and storage for like you know his other businesses because his main office was on the opposite end of the parking lot, and. Uh, man every every week there'd be like a huge order and the uh the driver would like call up after he dumped it all 
on the first floor and then I had to bring it up like, you know, 60 stairs to, uh, you know, piece by piece load it up in there and, and I'll tell you, man, I feel your pain on it. that. I do. I feel your pain on that. It's the, the last shipment for 47 Fury scales when we had issue two shipped in was just shy of 800 pounds of books. So, you know, not, not too bad really as far as the shipment size, but when you break it down into, you know, 60 pound boxes and you're packing them up two flights of stairs and you're trying not to trip over your six year old as she's like, Daddy, can I, can I see, can I see, can I see? Let me get them loaded up here first, honey. Let me get them loaded up here first. You know, it, um, it'll wear you out pretty fast. But uh, on the bright side, you're, you're, you're only about seven years away from being able to, here, help carry this. Yeah, yeah. I figure by the time she's fourteen, she'll start helping lift some stuff. I'll feel bad about it at first, but right now she wants to help, and so I'll let I'll hand her a poster and let her carry a poster up or something like that. But as she's getting big enough now. She's like, Dad, it's just this little thing. I'm like, okay, here's box cards. That's heavy, Dad. I know. Come on. You can do it. Like box like that big, fifteen <laughs> pounds, and she's like, oh no. <laughs> like yeah yeah my 13 year old's the same way work oh my god oh no thank you dory you know so it's uh it's still like you know it's still a lot of fun to have like some things and one or two things in common when when they hit the teenage years i'm like oh what am i gonna do now i am uh not going to stress about it too much. I'm nope. just going to do the best I can and I'm trying to be the best example I can. Just work hard. And um, one of the big things that she and I talk about a lot because she's really interested in the art that the folks put out for the for the books that we do is um, how you treat the people who, who work with you and work for you. And so mm -hmm. we talk a lot about why it's important to pay people fair wages why it's important to pay people on time, why it's important to pay people, period, so that they can pay their own bills and live their life in a more comfortable way. And basically the responsibility of it. And that's a heavy thing to be talking to sometimes with a little kid, but she asks really insightful questions about it. And so rather than, than tiptoe around it, we, we tend to discuss things head on. Um, not very complicated in, in, in really in terms that she can understand, but we address the importance of things like that really head on. So one day when she and her brother own the company, hopefully they'll keep up the tradition of taking good care of the people who are working for us. Cool. Here's hoping. Knock on my plastic desk. So this is this is just over the uh, the funding goals. So of course, we want to see this go a lot further and get it into a lot more people's hands because uh, these artists deserve to be to be seen uh, more often than they are. Yeah, and I really want to get at least to that first stretch goal. Um, the stickers look really cool. Um, I think I sent you one, didn't I? One of the test ones. Did you get one of the Demon Spirit test ones, or did I send that to? Uh, Hmm. I'll have to look because I 
I read. I, I might read the, to Tyler. I, I read the books, but I uh, anything that came in them, like you know, bookmark or whatever, I uh, I put back in the in the bag. Gotcha, gotcha. About, we haven't done bookmarks yet. Bookmarks, about, every, everyone does children. them. Yeah. But they're, uh, I used to complain about them, and now I'm like, you know, I'll look around, I go, oh, man, I need another bookmark. I started reading another book, damn it. There you go. <laughs> like, you know. The only bookmark I own in the, only two bookmarks I own in this house are from Kickstarter campaigns. Um Let's go figure, right? But um, <laughs> we haven't made any yet. I don't know if we will until maybe when the light novel comes out. Maybe we'll do it then. Yeah, I just I just got another one with uh, the one last job. Uh, yeah, the the black and white hitman story, which which was cool. The you know. Did a bookmark and they did a they did a sticker, but the the sticker was in the shape of a uh, a target from a gun range. Oh, the reticle or the uh, iron sights. Um, like the upper body mannequin image. Oh, I got you. Like the head right, and, silhouette, and tor- silhouette. Yeah, yeah and silhouette with with that, and it's got like the uh, the target rings on it. Gotcha, gotcha. And gotcha. I'm like, I go, oh, that's cool. I was trying I, to see if I had any of those those example um, stickers left that I could show you to see if you knew which one I was talking about, but I think I think I sent the last ones out already. Hmm. So we had some, you know how it is. We have some creators who, like, hey, how how did your stickers turn out? Well, let me stick a stamp on this envelope and I'll send it to you. You know, so. We got some pretty good stickers done by Sticker Mule. There's a couple other people who've reached out suggesting some other folks as well. So we'll take a look and see who gives us the best deal that we can pass on to our our backers and our customers. Yeah. Because in the end, that's what's really about. You know, see who's got the you know the best deal and the best quality and and you know they can ship on time because yep that is uh you know that third part is just as important as the first two yeah i mean with dungeons and dames we're using mixum for the printing on that so we're printing here Mm -hmm. in the united states we're using the same high grade papers that we're using on our comics so it's got that really heavy booklet stock (coughs) so i think people are going to be really really happy with this well, every every you know, all the books that you put out in in print are all like super high quality. So, yeah, we're kind of moving away from print on demand stuff um, as much. There's been a lot of changes to some of the the shops where we get like print on demand stuff um, done uh, as far as with relation to websites that do direct sales of them. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm gonna have to start having bigger, you know, big press runs done and distribute directly out which means i'm going to have to figure out storage space in this office for more copies it's gonna be crazy busy but on the plus side with uh you know shows coming back you have a you have plenty of stock to bring with you to uh to sell at the shows yeah definitely which was you know one of the things that was always the intention 
the other thing too was being able to have stock to make available for subsequent Kickstarter campaigns because we'll have people who will come to say for example 47 Furious Sales issue 3 in October who may have never heard of the book before and if they want issues 1 and issue 2 we have those in stock and we'll have those available um, and I think as more of the I think as more people get that book in hand um, I'm hoping that we'll see uh, more shops who are willing to, to take it and carry it we've had a lot of positive response from all the shops who've carried the book so far um and you've you've talked with danny down at the collective many times you know how oh, well yeah. it's done down there um which is really really well um i from what i'm told from how it's done in the hive it's been doing pretty well absolutely crushed and did great at gotham underground and now at east side mags it's really kicking ass i like the fact that they have posted photos <coughs> about once a week right of the mm -hmm. shelf space that they gave over to 47 and we shipped 60 books to them um and by shipped i mean we picked them up and carried them over to their um their booth because we closed the deal on that while we were at the um garden state comic festival and so we got 60 books to them that day, plus all of the uh, prints that um, we came to a deal on. And it's nice to see those pictures and see that from even from like the first picture that you know basically half the books were already sold that first week. So <coughs> it's really neat to see that stack of comics get smaller. It still looks really big on the shelf because if you stack 10 books on top of each other, they're going to look really like there's a lot. But when you realize, oh, wow, we started out with three times that many, then you're like, wow, yeah, that book's been moving. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 always it's always good to hear that, you know, your book is doing like great, you know, off of store shelves on top of, you know, the, the Kickstarter and, you know, in demand sales. Yeah, that's uh. so for everyone who doesn't want to. Buy buy the books through direct transactions on PayPal or whatever. If you don't like paying shipping, talk to your local comic shop. Have them reach out to me. We'll put the book on their shelf at a price point that has them making uh, good money per book um, at a price that won't break your wallet. Um, cause the, the book on the shelf is usually $5. So... Yeah, definitely have have your shops reach out to Sam and uh, you know get it in there because you know guaranteed if, if you like it and uh, there's probably going to be like at least you know ten or twenty more people you know that go in on a regular basis every month that are going to be like ooh something new mm -hmm. and you know you know it's not it's not the you know, it's not the same old Batman and Superman and, you know, Spider-Man and Avengers stories told over and over. Right. And we've sold hundreds of copies uh, of issue one and issue two already. I mean, issue one's first cover, which is right here behind me in two foot by three foot poster size. We had a press run of 500 of those and we, we sold out except for the copies I had set aside for family members. And we sold out in just a few months. Um, 
for a brand new title no one ever heard of. I thought that was pretty good. When we when I ordered um, the issue one second cover that we had Alexia do, um, I ordered 3,000 copies of that. And I'd have to check my numbers, but I think we've moved 600, 700 copies of that so far. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of books to move. Um, and of that... 90 or so were at this last con because this last con we did like 185 copies of 47 sold and all between issue wow. one and issue two yeah um and then you've got shops that order it sell out and then order more so uh the box down in louisiana keith Hewins store um we shipped to him he opened his shop he sold out we, he contacted us. We sent him another invoice. He paid it almost instantly. We shipped it the next day. <laughs> and the same thing with the collective. Um, every shop, really, once they sell out, if they have other people who are wanting it, we'll go ahead and get it to them. Um, it's pretty straightforward. I'm looking forward to when we have more titles uh, in print so that if someone says, well, we want 20 or 30 copies in all, and we want 20 copies of you know, 47 Furious Tales, and we want, you know, 10 copies of Necroholic and 20 copies of Reign of Ages. You know, can you you get this to us? And we just pack it up and ship it, and like, there you go. Let us know when you need more. And um, just get to get two sh uh, shops at a price point where they're making good money. We're making, you know, a little bit of money, um, and more and more people are getting introduced to the stuff we're doing. Um, it's pretty simplistic kind of business model, you know, no returns or other fancy promotions or nonsense like that. We don't advertise. I don't pay for advertising anywhere, which may or may not be a good idea. <laughs> well, from, from what I hear about all the, uh, all the interweb advertising, uh, for the most, for the most part, uh, it's, it's like, you usually do better just, you know, managing your own social media than you want than you right. do by you know, paying you know paying them. Oh, you can you can reach ten times more people. Uh, no, I couldn't. You're still gonna, you know, put me down to the bottom of the list. Facebook's still gonna hide my campaign links. Yeah. 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 So that's 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 a fun one. But you've you've um, you and I've been talking for a while, for a little over a year and a half now. Mm -hmm. So you've you've seen a lot of campaigns online. Um, one thing that I'll I'll ask you, this is me asking you this. When when you see a campaign of mine launch, is there anything about them that stands out to you? Anything that you see and you're like, well, that's 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 how Sam does things. Anything about that that stands out for you? Um well you do you do a lot of you do a lot of obviously you do a lot of uh pre-launch uh preparation mm -hmm. uh and trying to get uh I think some of the most successful campaigns are ones that can get a lot of people basically signed up on their pre-launch page. Right. Because then they're, 
it then instead of you know them basically chasing your project down to get it it's coming it's coming to their inbox you know they do like one click on like the the remind me on the kickstarter right down here mm -hmm. which obviously i've done and uh and it goes right to their inbox and all the updates go that you know they'll they'll get an email for the updates uh they're up they're on the mailing list for all that and then you know when it gets close to the end of the campaign which is what why you see so many people jump on a lot of campaigns at the very end is is because oh yeah i forgot all about that because you know yeah. pe people get busy with life uh uh you know you know pers personal life work life and you know binge watching shows and and, <laughs> and forget you know forget about stuff you know and you know you, you get reminded and i mean i did the same thing uh this weekend there were there were books that i really wanted and i was balancing uh one was uh russ leach's book only death can save us right and uh it's going to be reprinted in floppies through arrow 4.0 oh cool um props to uh randy randy zim and the image and the on the whole in, indie crew over there uh mm -hmm. doing a great job and i got a i got another update from today they they've approved the uh they've approved the proofs so uh we're one step close i'm one step closer to getting that big book and uh but i'm like man do i and i talked to my main lcs and the the secondary lcs that i deal with and mm -hmm. uh neither of them were were too keen on uh dealing dealing with liberty uh and it wasn't on a personal thing it was uh you know they get in from you know one place for marvel one place for dc right. and the majority of the rest from diamond so they went from you know one big shipping fee to three big shipping fees and the last thing a small you know a, a small uh business needs as you know is you know another shipping fee added on right you know and and i'm like and the only way you can get arrow 4.0 is through liberty so well tell uh, you what reach out to those lcs guys mm -hmm. and um no kidding no joke give us the same price point we do everyone else in the united states we get send them we'll send them 20 bucks for 50 dollars, and that includes shipping so that's okay a, yeah that's i'll, a, that's I'll, def I'll definitely talk to them that's an easy 50 percent uh margin for for the books and 47 furious tales sells man it just it just sells you know when people say hey what is this about they pick it up and 
some people say it's just the way the, the book feels in their hands, you know. And other people say, ooh, we've got all this vicious, you know, sword fighting action, this these crazy samurai squirrels just cutting each other, cutting these monkeys up and all this kind of stuff. And the 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 biggest selling point is like uh did you Alexis. like the last yeah, I like well I meant co- comparison wise to books that they would know mainstream would be, you know, Last Ronin and the Turtles, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the Usagi Jimbo. Usagi Jimbo, yeah. you know, all you know, all that's you know, all the Stan Sakai stuff and yep. and numerous other books, of course, but mm-hmm. um and then they can't compare it to uh you know it's in a slightly smaller size, it's compact, and it's it's on, you know, amazing quality. And yeah, yeah it 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 does have like a hundred percent it it feels different than any other book on the market. Mm-hmm. I mean it's it's a premium product. It really is. It's a premium oh, yeah. product for a non premium price. Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm used to you know. I was I was just like looking through like my Kickstarter and Indiegogo accounts, and I'm like, I spent how much? <laughs> oh, good lord! I Where did I find this money? Oh, that's right. I'm 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 selling my old, my old key comics that I don't give a rat's ass about to uh, buy stuff that I'm like, ooh, shiny, uh, <laughs> and you know. And 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 you know stuff that I'm like, well, I want to check that out, and you know, I got in just under the wire because Russ closed out hmm. his campaign, uh, and I got his uh, over the weekend during Cromcon, and he closed he closed it out uh, Sunday night, Monday morning, hmm. and he mailed my book out Monday. Yep. Um, another one was, uh, the black and white, uh, horror anthology, uh, Kryptonals from, uh, 656 Comics Group. Right. Um, Did I saw that. Don't Blink like, from, uh, Brian Hawkins. Cause that was a phenomenal book, but anything Brian. Doris says she really needs some paintings to sell in the shop. Comics and art. So, Doris, let me let me throw something out at you. Something that I'll tell you has worked really well for me and a lot of the artists that I work with. Um, once you paint something, once you've got something done that you, you feel like you want to sell, I would go ahead and produce some prints of it. And I don't mean like 10 or 20. I mean like 200, 300, something like that. Because your cost per print comes way down when you get that economy of scale. And I'm personally, I'm a huge fan of Mixum. Uh, they've done fantastic work for mm-hmm. me since I've started uh, using them. And what I find is that when there are more people who are buying prints and posters and stuff like that, it seems like it's easier for um, the artists I work with to sell their originals. Um, <coughs> I mean, I I can tell you that Alexia did a show at uh, the coffee shop that she used to work at um, after it was the, it was between issue one and issue two. 
And I think, if I'm not very much mistaken, I think she sold eight original pages in, on, in one day, um, which by any metric is just incredibly huge. Yeah. Um, and, and moving originals like that, but still having smaller price prints to be able to sell, that's a huge, huge deal, especially if you've got you know your, your print costs down to where they're very manageable. Um, so, for example, I, I can get you know, large batches at 11 by 17 run for a fraction of what I charge for them when I, I, I bring them to cons or put them in um, campaigns and such. With campaigns, a lot of that price gets soaked up in the added shipping cost, you know, so there's a little bit of that. But at um, comic conventions, uh, when they when I move them to um, – retailers uh, it's it's a huge deal because like the retailer markup um right and you can you can scan canvas and then after you scan it if you need to touch up anything for the print file you can do that digitally <coughs> pardon me um and then just hold the original uh canvas as, as your premium piece so like um Case in point, if I'm buying an original page from, say, Alexia Veldhausen, right, um, like an interior comic page, probably $200, you know, easily. Yeah. Um, if I'm buying an original Sandra Cole, and I don't own an original Sandra Cole, I'll, I'll tell you that. But if I were going to buy an original Sandra Cole, I would price that probably in line with original cover art. Um because you know, that, that depends on irregardless of what media she's working in, but that's kind of a reflection on Sandra's incredible ability, really. Um, yeah, well, here's the thing. If you can't afford to prepay it, here's an idea. Crowdfund it. Um, crowdfund it as like a uh, an art collection. You know, if you've got, say... 30 or 40 um, paintings that you've done, put together an art book, <clears throat> slap a, a low-cost digital tier on it, and um, set up a, a print file for it. That's really easy to do uh, and get it printed through. I would always recommend printed domestically in the country that you live in. So if you live in the United States, I highly recommend you print in the United States. Some people will tell you to, no, go to print in China or in Mexico because it's cheaper. Um, I strongly disagree with that because the math doesn't make sense to me to do that because if I print in China, for example, I got to wait two months for them to clear customs and that's after they've spent a month on, on a boat and that's after they've spent a month in uh, production and pre-press. So I'm all of a sudden a big section of my year is tied up. Whereas Dungeons and Dames, when I have a, a file number and I know how many print copies we're going to order on this first press run, I'll order it probably uh, probably on let's see here probably July 18th and I'll have it before the end of July you know, because most of my, most of my shipments um, through Mixum get to me within 10 days Nice. Yeah, and I'm not talking like 
oh, I had 100 posters printed. I'm talking, I have a 3,000 copy press run for 47 Furious Tales issue one, and I had that in under 10 days. I would have had it even faster, but there was a file problem on a couple of pages, and it took us two days to figure out and rectify that, and so that's factored into that. Otherwise, we would have had it in a week. Yeah, because uh, case in point, uh, tomorrow night, like every Wednesday night when Sean and I do the art show, he's working on a piece, and every once in a while, it'll be a commission piece, but the majority of the time, it's something new. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we announced at the beginning of the show that, you know, he's working on this, he just started working on this piece, and he'll talk a little bit about it and let everybody know that it is available for available for claim and you know they can dm him and his uh his ig is you know right in the uh right in the thing and before he before he sells you know he when he finishes the original the first thing he does is go to his high res scanner and and scan it in post pictures of it if it didn't sell during the show mm-hmm. and it's usually gone you know within a few days right and uh but then he he saves that that scan file and when he order and he orders through mixum as well so when he sends in he'll send in an order with you know all his scan files so he can sell prints yeah exactly i mean you would be surprised at what you can do with uh, an order in in qual in quantity, right? Even if it's like a mini print, um, or more to the point, like the the bigger prints that we do, like the eleven by seventeen, right? Now, to give you an idea of the quality of the paper this is on, that's one hundred and thirty pound cardstock right yeah it's pretty thick yeah so this is built to last a tr- you know for decades really as long as you're not abusing it you know don't put it in direct sunlight for nine years and expect it to still hold all the color but getting 300 or so of those printed I can get that done for under a hundred dollars and you know will you and i both know that at a con those are going to go for 15 to 25 dollars depending on on the artist's reputation yeah usually around 25 dollars is the average right. price yeah. and i can i can move them at 10 to 15 here locally or you know 20 on the east coast or on the west coast you know if you have higher income demographics you know price accordingly um don't undervalue yourself but also know what your market what your market is. Like in Kentucky, ten to fifteen dollars is is probably a more realistic price, just because our our wages here are so depressed. It's um it's really kind of frightening. Yeah, you know, but it, you know, if you went to like you know C two E two or New York, mm-hmm. you you know you'd be doing like you know twenty five or thirty, right for for a print and you know. You know, if you were doing them like uh, $30 each or, you know, mm-hmm. three for 75. Right. 
but in Kentucky, I mean, honest truth, I know I know attorneys in Kentucky who make under forty thousand dollars a year as lawyers. Wow. <laughs> um, and that's no lie. That's 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 the gospel truth. So it's um when I say wages are depressed here, <laughs> the wages are depressed. Mm-hmm. So now that's not to say all lawyers are like that. I mean, some are making you know the huge Mercedes level bucks, you know what I'm saying? But not all of them. I'd rather I'd rather I, drive a Dodge anyhow. Well, well <laughs> I also know uh, another attorney. He actually works at the law office during the day, and he's a bouncer at a bar at night. So his um, his his job at the the law firm is basically paying his student loans, and he's living in in his apartment off of what he makes as a bouncer. Mm. So yeah, thirty years working in the bar business, I can appreciate that. Yep. But this is uh, this is available, and the the link is in the chat. Uh, always good advice from you to uh, people. He's always a Sam's always a, a top recommendation if you if you're looking to get something done, and and this line of work to uh, to. You know, reach out mm-hmm. and, and talk to him. He's always yep. happy to talk to people. And a few pieces of advice for anyone who's going to do any crowdfunding. Always check your math. Always know exactly how much your shipping costs are going to be. And always, always be careful when someone says they've got a good deal for you on some way they can help your campaign miraculously succeed. Because um, everyone's going to want a piece of you. So just look look out for yourself and be cautious, um, and you know support your indie artists, indie creators, and you're gonna you're gonna find that um, folks who have been creating a while, um, people grow to to trust and expect big things from you. So just keep doing your best. And for artists who are out there, I mean, I've seen a lot of social media posts this week about artists in the United States and outside of the United States wondering if they can actually make a living as artists and the question i think hits really close to home i'm sorry will i don't mean to be coughing in here man it's really bugging me but it strikes really close to home and then you you say well if you're going to make money on your art then you really need to be working for yourself because the more people who are taking money out of your art the less money you're making um yeah exactly doris exactly so i mean it's 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 good for me i mean but then and i pay my people you know that's kind of it you know they they get a contract for me we pay it which reminds me i have to finish drafting a contract tonight i might have to do it tomorrow morning it's getting late but um we get them paid we get done and everything goes out um I'll tell you, I have a. There's one artist who I really love working with, and she, uh, she isn't available right now, uh, if to me or to anyone, from what I understand. But um, I was talking to her, and we had I'd bought, I'd commissioned and bought the rights to a piece I, I had her do years ago, and so I had 500 prints of it run, um, in time for Garden State, okay. 
And so I reached out to her and I said, you know, I know you're not available right now, but I'm having some, some prints run. Um, if you want, I can go ahead and send you some. She's like, well, I, I don't want to, I, I don't really want to buy a press. No, you understand. I said, in your contract, it says I can send you a bonus at my discretion. This is a bonus at my discretion. Do you want me to go ahead and mail them to you or do you not want them? And so, yeah. And so I sent her a hundred of the, uh, of the press run and those those sold pretty well at um at you know the four to five dollar range while, while we were at the con so i'm hoping that she's been able to capitalize on that as well and little things like that you know making sure that there's you know equitable equitable distribution of the proceeds from stuff i think is important and i think that um some people will think i'm crazy i've been called a terrible capitalist um, <laughs> my father tells me I'm a terrible capitalist, <clears throat> but um, one thing I, I am really grateful for is the uh, the fact that uh, the people I work with seem to always be willing to work with me again, and that's that's worth a lot in business when you have people whose skills you cherish and need, and they can make themselves available to you um, when you have uh, have work. So. In other words, support Dungeons and Dames and help us keep supporting independent artists. For sure. Uh, why don't you let everybody know uh, where they can find you on the social media platforms? Oh, on the social media platforms. Instagram at Sonopa Publishing. That's me. Uh, you'll see a lot of old embarrassing videos of me on there with varying lengths of hair, short, long, beard, no beard, lots of kids, one kid, a couple of kids. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Um, on Twitter at LL Sonopa, um, and that's for our Sonopa LLC. I'm not sure exactly how we got stuck with LL before Sonopa, but that's just what Twitter did to us. Um, on Facebook at, uh, Sonopa Publishing, we have a page there. And then, um, also follow us on, um, Kickstarter. We have actually, uh, two accounts, my personal one at, uh, William Samuel Quentin, that's me. And then the Sonopa Publishing account, the one that I'll hand down to the kids when I die or retire um, for the business as well, where we're releasing RPG stuff, and we're going to start releasing RPG stuff there again this year. We took 2020 off with the uh, the illness, you know. Um, and if you are looking to see what we've done in the last four years, drive through comics, drive through RPG, where you can get role-playing game materials, 47 Furious Tales, um, fantastic posters that were, were done by some remarkably talented people, including Sandra Cole, Tony Ojeda, Kelsey Cohen, Lotus Blair, Nick Capone. Just really beautiful work. Um, some of it is very well suited for very... Oh, Edwin Abro Ruiz. I almost forgot Edwin. Um, artists who have created works, some of which that are really very nice for very small children. Some that are appropriate for people of all ages, and some that are definitely more on the horror bent or not appropriate for children kind of end of the scale. Um, so there's a little something for everyone, I think. And that, uh, before we go, tell us about there's there's some kind of Sinopa, uh like role-playing omnibus or something like that right the sonopa omnibus so 
Volume one and volume two are out. Volume three, I hope to get out next month because it's a year late. Um, not it wasn't crowdfunded or anything. It's just needs to go out for um, everyone who was supporting the um, um, <laughs> the Patreon page. Uh, we refunded everyone's Patreon money all through last year, um, each month. So because our production fell off uh, with with illness. So literally everyone who was signed up on the Patreon page, all their all of their pledges have been refunded since January of last year. Um, so in fact, when July runs over, I'll go in and refund everyone's stuff again. But part of that <coughs> Patreon package was the um, releases of uh, stories and NPC illustrations um, and stats and stuff for 5e. And the omnibus basically collects these into um, bundles of, of six. So it's basically every six months we'll be able to put out one. Um, we'll get issues. We'll get volume three out. Like I said, hoping to get that out next month, um, depending on how long the edits take. And then we'll go ahead and get to work on four. Um, and then we'll probably crowdfund three and four together for printing of of three and to pay for art for issue four um because we have all the art done for issue three and paid for um we just need to go ahead and um really build up and get that done but basically you get a short story with each entry featuring the uh non-player character character monster or beast of that entry and then their uh, fifth edition game mechanics stats uh, released under the open game license um those have actually been really very popular they've done very well for us um we've got two stores that are currently actively selling them so uh out of nine stores who are actively carrying stuff for us right now we're hoping to get uh another three stores hopefully next week if we can finish putting the uh, the final handshakes together <laughs> hopefully and then hopefully two more after that. If you talk to your locals, well, come on, man. You know I'm going to take good care of them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I uh, take them forty-seven. Show off the books. Tell them we're there. It'd be good. I will definitely uh, link it to them and uh, and try to get them on board because you know that that way I could I could I could save shipping myself because yeah, you know. They'll pay for it. Uh. Now, let me tell you one other thing, too. Um, the big thing about indie publishing, especially when you're small like me, is getting in to a point where you have enough cash to actually get everything done in advance and get it out. <clears throat> and the one thing about doing stuff through crowdfunding for comics and stuff is very often the shipping costs more than the book. Mm -hmm. um, not always. My books, you know, you've seen what my books run. You know, they're usually yeah. about five bucks plus shipping. Um, or six dollars plus shipping, depending on, on on you know what the details of the book are. If we got other stuff in it, but um, what I'm hoping to do is with the release of Reign of Ages and then also Necroholic and continuing with Forty Seven Furious Tales. Hopefully by the end of next year, we'll be at a point where rather than having one Kickstarter for one book and people buy a book and then they pay for the book and the shipping for that book, I'd like to get to the point where we have all three titles available on one Kickstarter so that people can pledge for the books, get the books and only pay one, one shipping 
uh, currents. Because um, I think it'll save a lot of money for the backers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it makes a lot of sense, uh, for particularly for retailer tiers. Um, and then also, I think it makes it a little bit easier to reach some stretch goal issues. Because if you're calculating it just on the mathematics of it, a big factor in that math is how the shipping distributes across the amount that's pledged. So if you've got people picking up two books or three books, it's kind of like the same as if they had picked up add-ons uh, through the course of uh, the campaign. It's extra revenue in there that really helps you meet that threshold so that you can do more cool stuff with your stretch goals. Um, that's the plan anyway. So keep your fingers crossed, say a prayer for us, knock on wood and you know tip your waiter. Um, we want to get there so that we can do stuff kind of in that same vein that we see Brian Polito doing. Books done, everything's together, big package of stuff, shipping's handled in one, and instead of having shipping, shipping, shipping over multiple, multiple stuff, you've got one big bundle of goodness coming to you every couple of months. So Yeah. That's the uh that's the same way Roland Man does it over at Silverline too. Um, he doesn't launch a Kickstarter until the entire book is done, like 100%. Right. So he's just sitting on a print file, and that's paying for the printing of the book, mm-hmm. and then the the rest of that the rest of the funds that come in from that pay the artists, various artists, you know, flatters and, and you know everything else uh, to. Uh, to do the next one and because they've got so many titles coming out now uh phil phil tells me a lot of the books they're doing are are flip books mm-hmm. they brought back the the flip book because that that way people get two books and it's less money for the print run to print mm-hmm. up like a 50 page book you know, all in one instead of like two 25 page books. It really is. It's a lot cheaper, Yeah. you know? So, and I'm like, uh, I, I like, I love flip books just because, uh, just because Barry and Grant hates him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just something for me to bust this chops about. Yep. Silver line, double feature, yep. they call it. And, uh, they're, they're, they're great books and they got a bunch of great people working over there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Go ahead, Phil. Pat yourself on the back. You're working for Silverline. Freelance. <laughs> it was available to color anything. Yeah. Uh, so am I, uh, but I've only got you know Crayolas and markers. So <laughs> I would, I would, I would really go with Phil. And my my eyes are shite. So uh, I'll tell you this: uh, with Forty-Seven Furious Tales issue three, <clears throat> that book will be completely done before we launch. Reign of Ages issue one will be completely done before we launch. And as will Necroholic. And so starting with um, October, all of the comics going forward, barring some cataclysm or something, um, will be completely done before we launch. Yeah, uh, I definitely want to check out Necroholic. Uh, if, if for nothing else, just the, just the name of the name of the book. <laughs> Everyone loves Necroholic, uh, alcoholic necromancers, um, except for the people who have to live next to them, you know? Wow. Alcohol with necromancers. Yep. Alcoholic necromancers. I, I think that was me for like all 30 years of my DJ experience. Necroholic, <laughs> man. 
by Brian. <coughs> we're looking really, we're really looking forward to getting that out. And yeah, so, um, that should be fun too. Yeah, and I just, I, I can't thank the people who've supported us this far enough. They've done so many great things to help us bring so many really cool books to the world. And I'm looking forward to so many more. You know, we've got a light novel coming, um, more um, uh, open game license, 5e source material for uh, Dungeons and Dragons fans, and then uh, more and more comics. Uh, hopefully, hopefully by the end of next year, we'll be able to get the funding together to start Super Willow, um, my kid's comic, uh, telling the story of my daughter as a superhero. Oh, so. cool. All right. Anyone have any questions, comments, criticisms, concerns? <laughs> yeah, and like that's uh, that's that's pretty cool. I I had uh, actually uh, quite a while back, and she she bowed out. She didn't want anything to do with it. So. Oh really. Well, my little one's pretty excited about it right now, but I guess by the time she's a teenager, she'll probably be like, Dad, why am I a superhero? Bill, that would be dangerous neighborhood. Lightning bolts through the wall at 3 in the morning. <laughs> it's the zombies digging up your flowers right before dawn that really annoy you, though. Yeah. You know how much... You, know you think it's a cat, a dog outside in the no, in the, it's a in the bunch bed. of zombies digging up your roses. You're like, man, what are you gonna do about this? And you have to change your white picket fence to wrought iron with barbs on the outside to keep them from pushing through. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like you're living inside that that video game, Seven Days to Die. Right, right. Your basement really does become your bunker. Mm-hmm. You know, just nothing that, good comes of that. That that would suck for me. I'm I live on the second floor. I don't have a basement. Oh, <laughs> bad. So, but uh, Sam, uh, thanks for uh, for coming out and hanging out once again. Always, always, me, always a pleasure, sir. Uh, all the best of luck with with this Dungeons and Dames art art book. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, pulling in the D and D fan, the art fan, the comic fan, and. Uh, it looks it looks wonderful, and uh, we can't wait to see what what comes next. Because you know, I've been I've been waiting since I got a certain uh, care package in the mail for issue three of uh, Forty Seven Furious Tales. So I'm like, <sighs> I put off reading it for like two days. When I got, I just kept looking at the books, and I'm like, then I I was like. I go. I'm gonna reread issue one now that I've got it in physical. And I read, I read both copies. I'm like, well, oh. did you did you see the cover art for issue three? That that's him telling you to hurry up and print that book because I need a copy. <laughs> well, we're going to kickstart in October and we'll ship in November. I'll tell you another cool thing about that Kickstarter program before I leave. 47 Furious Tales issue one, we had to do two Kickstarters because the first one we didn't reach goal, the second time we did. Issue two, we launched the first Kickstarter campaign as we scheduled it, which was right at the beginning of the pandemic, and that didn't go over so well. So 
we waited six months and we launched again and we succeeded. So 47 Furious Tales issue three be the first Sonobo uh, comic title to fund on the first try. Sonobo <laughs> is going to reverse the curse. We're going to break the curse on, on our, our crowdfunding on that one and make it happen. So we're, we're going to need everyone's help. So follow along, support your R&D comics. Will, thanks for having me, brother. Thank you. Uh, we'll see all. Uh, well, well, I'll be back tomorrow, of course, tomorrow, late tomorrow evening with the Sean Zilla Art Show. Uh, Thursday at 8 p.m., uh, Thomas and I are on OK Boomer. We're going through the Treasury edition of. See you, hip cats on the flip side. The Treasury edition of Superman versus Wonder Woman from DC. And uh, Friday at 1. Alias from uh, the UK crew, from uh, Bristolian Dave's crew, is coming out at 1 p.m. Eastern to uh, to talk about his book. So uh, it should be a it should be a fun week, and uh, we look forward to seeing you the next time.